You're listening to a Shockcast original. Shock. Hello everyone, welcome back to Tanipoi. We talk about video games, social media, as well as tech-related topics so that you guys got a little bit of insight of tech-related stuff. My name is Zero Aiden and joining with me is Nuff Games as well as Kat, our producer. Say hi. Hey, what's up? It's great to be back, man. Hello everyone. We've come quite a long way between the first season and now the recording of the second season. And, uh, you know, it's been a good time. So I have completely shifted from working business to a completely technical-based position. I'm now a solution engineer for... Telco Win as well as Salesforce. Very nice. What about you, Kat? Um, so I'm no longer the official podcast producer. I have moved on to a new team in Astro. I'm in Astro Shaw now, which is in charge of film production. How about you? Uh, me, myself, I'm still looking for work, any kinds of IT-related stuff. But in the meantime, I'm still streaming on Twitch. I do a little bit of content on YouTube as well and TikTok because TikTok is a thing and discoverability is way better over there. So I'm trying to make more contents out of it. Um, but in the meantime, I'm still looking for work. The entertainment industry is getting more and more booming now that more and more content's coming out as well as video games I'm super stoked about all the video games that's coming out throughout this month in particular so there's a lot of games that's coming out so what do you think about this current MCO what are you looking forward to doing this MCO especially in the tech related piece so I'm actually interested in of course playing all the games that are coming out during MCO so uh, in this period of time, we have games like Biomutant as well as Subnautica Below Zero. We have quite a few new launches that are in this month till like maybe the end of next month as well. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I'm blessed to be able to work from home right now. So I have plenty of time on my hands to actually play through all of this stuff. What about you, Kat? What, what's exciting about um, this MCO period compared to the last one? Dear bosses, although I'm working from home, I still work. I promise I'm not busy playing. <laughs> <laughs> I swear that's a message for my boss as well. Uh, but now we're going to rewind a little bit of what's going on between season one and the current recording of season two. There's a lot of like developments. We're going to catch up a little bit of what's going on in the console war specifically. Right now, we're still having a lot of shortage, especially in PlayStation 5 as well. Right now, Sony already announced that they're having a shortage until 20. 22. I believe that now if you can explain a little bit what's going on, why we're still having this shortage until next year. So yeah, that's an interesting topic to actually kind of segue ourselves into. The current situation that we're all facing is that the CPUs and GPUs that go into the consoles as well as computers, they run on silicon and uh, we're actually facing a global shortage of silicon. So the reason behind the spike in price as well as the lack of availability is all down to the fact that they can't manufacture the chips fast enough to meet like the consumer demand. And uh, that kind of gives us a brief idea into why these consoles are going to be out of stock for quite a while, as well as why graphics cards are like unicorns these days. They're really hard to find or they're really expensive. So any consumer-grade graphics card is currently going from like twice the price to almost four times the price on places like Muda, Carousel, Facebook Marketplace. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we, we are currently facing probably the worst silicon shortage that we've ever had. And uh, I, you know, I'm going to give it to you, Kat. What's going on with the silicon shortage? Why are we facing it? Dear God, I don't know. But I do have a question about it. If you wanted to get a new computer, right? Would it be now far more expensive to build your own PC? Is it better than to buy a pre-made PC? That's actually a really good question. It's much more better to buy a pre-built PC because pre-built PC is actually much more cheaper compared to building your own. Sure, you lose a little bit of building yourself and upgradability, 
but you still got the bang for the buck of your GPU as well as your CPU. And when it comes to like CPU and GPU, it kind of like depends on your personal preference. I don't want to like spoil or go in depth about it, but if you go to Intel, maybe you want to game. If you want to you know, video editing, go for um, AMD. At least my personal take. But yeah, pre-built is much more cheaper. It's much more easier to obtain. But I know for the fact that Nav is particularly... I think you finally get your own GPU. Oh yeah, it took a long, long time. But I finally have an entirely brand new gaming computer. It took uh, many, many hours and like a lot of blood, sweat and tears worth of research and like manual sifting through all of the listings on the internet to, you know, kind of get rid of all the scams and look at all the original... Real lists by real people. That's but uh, yeah, uh, finally in February I actually got my hands on a full-fledged gaming computer and it was awesome. It's like the best thing I've ever gotten in That's, a long, long time. But speaking of GPU, I think the reason why we're having shortages is also as of recently, cryptocurrency has become a craze nowadays, especially here in Malaysia. Speaking of GPU, I think that when it comes to like GPU, people trying to get more and more GPU because people trying to mine cryptocurrency, maybe that's the reason why people still mining right now? Yeah, so for the most part, the recent launches of uh, RTX 3000 series GPUs, as well as the past 2000 series and even the 10 series GPUs from NVIDIA are all great mining cards. They generate somewhere between... 5 to almost $10 a day on mm-hmm. just hardcore mining if you're just leaving the card to mine 24 hours a day. Right. And uh, that's largely influenced by the fact that the whole crypto market has seen a insane increase across the last few months. Right. You have people like Mark Cuban, people like Elon Musk who are buying into large sums of Bitcoin, Ethereum, Dogecoin even, for example. Yeah, uh, tune into episode 2. We got plenty of memes as well as more information about Dogecoin there. But this entire situation has been uh, increasing ever steadily across the last few months and it's still increasing now even while we're recording right now the market is still trending upwards which Mm -hmm. is insane because this is a really really big topic and this is something that we want to get into a little bit further hence why we've decided to completely segment this portion into an all-new episode called cryptocurrency which will be right after this one so you know stay tuned stay locked in here and we will surely be able to deliver a bunch of uh, consumer-friendly info about cryptocurrency. Correct. Yeah, it's really important to us to actually deliver is what we think about cryptocurrency because people trying to invest cryptocurrency but not really knowing what it is. So we're definitely going to get into it in the next episode. Going back to our previous episode on season one, we're going to talk about like just a little bit of social media growth, especially in TikTok, having a huge spike of increase of usage, like for 500%, if I'm not mistaken, from 2018 until this year. When it comes to like TikTok, I kind of like being guilty myself of creating a TikTok account and actually creating content myself over there as well. Because as a content creator, you want to segment yourself to actually create more content outside of streaming. Because in the future, I believe that streaming is going to be a supplement content outside of YouTube and TikTok. So when it comes to like TikTok, again, it's like really short video. It's kind of like YouTube short. And I think that that's the reason why Snapchat died in the first place because all the other social media are implementing this kind of features as well. How much stories or fleets that you guys watch on social media? I think for myself, I actually watch through a lot of Instagram stories and, and I still use Snapchat. Snapchat's not completely dead, but... <laughs> Even, yeah, through Snapchat, you know, I watch through a lot of the highlight reels, for example, the way TikTok right. works as well. I, I I feel like the short format of a video is very easy for people to watch. That's why something like Vine was really popular back then. And mm-hmm. Snapchat was really popular when it came out. And Insta stories were, well, they instantly took over what it means to post a story. Like, it used to be a Snap story and now it's an Insta story, you know? Yeah, that's correct. And that's kind of the trend of social media. Everybody's attention span is really small. So it's really 
tough to get someone staring at something for a long period of time. So instead, let's just do a short video for like 8 to 10 seconds. But who better to explain this than our own in-house resident <laughs> TikToker, Catalina? I don't really TikTok anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but in relation to that, Instagram has officially released Reels in Malaysia. Oh, finally. Oh, and Instagram Music as well. I saw that too. That's right. Also have not used it, but it's there. It's an option. That's pretty cool. Ever since I got into TikTok, because on season one, I didn't get into TikTok, but finally I got into TikTok. And there's a lot of really good Malaysian content creators. My cutie pleasure is there's one Malaysian student who actually speaks Japanese and she only learns it from anime. And that's about it. And she has a really nice voice and she legitimately can be a Japanese voice actor. And I believe that TikTok is going to be one of those places where people can find talents over there as well. That's why I think about like, social media as of recently. Oh yeah, Twitter, you can pay people on Twitter as well in the future. I'm looking forward to that as well, especially for artists. Social media is getting more and more mainstream. But moving on from social media, I think that Nams is going to talk about more regarding esports. Um, in our previous episode, we talked about the potential of esports in Malaysia in particular, but there's a lot of going on behind the scenes from season one until the current recording. I think that you're probably going to kick off with what's going on from there. Yeah, sure. So we did speak a lot about esports in the past season in one of the episodes. But you know what? Esports has grown tremendously since then. And I don't mean this as a... It's been a long time or whatever. It's only been three months since the first season. And uh, since then, esports teams such as uh, Nigma Esports, they're a Dota 2 team. And they've recently been sponsored by Etihad, the, uh, the UAE aviation company. Mm -hmm. Esports teams like Cloud9, for example, are now sponsored by BMW. Mm -hmm. You have esports teams like Virtus Pro that are also, you know, running with sponsors like Audi. So, you know, esports is really getting bigger and bigger. And it's becoming a sort of a powerhouse for entertainment, sports, as they are all these uh, different facets of esports right now. The really Actually, big one. Isn't it a bit weird that all these esports teams are being sponsored by cars? Because where are they going? <laughs> are they not true. staying at home gaming? It's funny because they're sponsored by an aviation company because nobody can fly right now. And they're sponsored by two car companies and nobody's driving anywhere right now. That's like, why is with all this transportation, do these big companies not know that the point of gaming is to stay at home? <laughs> I, I guess it's kind of like the same thing as uh, a lot of EPL teams getting sponsored by uh, car companies and even aviation companies. It's more along the lines as this team creates a lot of exposure for your brand and that's positive for the brand for the most part. Like Team Nigma, for example, they are a born and bred Arabic team. They are, all five of them are different parts of the world like uh, Bulgaria, Syria and uh, let's just say Jordan, for example. And Etihad wanted to tie themselves with something very close to home for them. That's why this was like the sponsor of choice. But in terms of actually utilizing the sponsors, I don't think they'll be taking any Etihad flights anywhere. I think they'll be still sitting at home safely playing video games. When it comes to like esports, I think another thing that we can talk about is regarding Sony finally acquires EVO. Oh yes, EVO Esports was uh, completely 100% acquired by Sony. And uh, this is probably the biggest acquisition in the esports industry till date. Mm -hmm. Here's my question. When it comes to like EVO, there's a lot of competition that revolving Nintendo IP. So I was wondering if Sony's having Super Smash Brothers melee um, competition as well as other Nintendo IP. I don't know if they're still keeping that competition. What do, you, what do you think in the future of EVO now that it was acquired by Sony? So there's definitely going to be a new set of rules and restrictions that were placed on EVO. And uh, I have full confidence that they're going to make the right management decisions here. 
And uh, yeah, I don't think they're going to drop any competition specific. I, I just hope so because one of major concerns when it comes to having it acquired by Sony is there's no longer Super Smash Brothers Melee because that's the one of the biggest tournament in EVO. At, yeah, least, yeah. at least from what I've seen. I'd never played Super Smash Brothers before, but I enjoy watching people playing competitively on Super Smash Brothers. And it gets me want to play Super Smash Brothers one of these days when I got Nintendo Switch. <laughs> yeah, me too. I still haven't had I think Nintendo like Switch. a lot of us don't play Super Smash Brothers, but it's a household name. It's something that's just always been around. That's true. Because Super Smash Brothers has been since what, 1998? Since like way back in the days. Yeah. Um, it's, it's really, it's really old and still have a significant amount of followers. It's kind of like a cult following at this point when it comes to Super Smash Brothers. But either way, let's talk about a little bit of e-wallets and people are getting into e-wallets as of recently because, you know, MCO 3.0. I'm being guilty of using a lot of um, touch-and-go e-wallets as of recently because I think that is much more seamless, at least in my opinion. And I've been using a lot of different kinds of e-wallets. It makes transaction much more seamless as of recently. Um, what are the e-wallets that you're using it since the previous um, season? Yeah, so uh, since the previous episode where we did go in-depth about e-wallets and their use cases across Malaysia, I have been hooked to using GrabPay, Maybank QR, as well as uh, Touch and Go eWallet. Like, they are everywhere in Malaysia right now. And there's only been one or two scenarios where I've come across the moment where I can't use my eWallet. Mm-hmm. And I actually had to use physical cash. Because uh, I think the general understanding in Malaysia right now is we want to kind of move towards cashless payments because nobody really wants like a icky, yucky, slimy little note that somebody gives you that could potentially give you corona. You know? <laughs> so that's kind of the idea here in Malaysia. But if we look at things from a global standpoint, we also do have this situation where everybody is moving towards cashless payments. In America, you have people utilizing Apple Pay as well as Android Pay. Even in countries like Hong Kong, for example, they use their Octopus card, which mm-hmm. is their travel card, kind of like a touch and go for us. Right. And uh, in London, they use an Oyster, for example, which is also the same thing. It's kind of like a travel card, but it can now be used at McDonald's, at 7-Eleven. And uh, the use of all of these cashless payments are going really, really, really in-depth these days. Mm -hmm. There's also news that in China, they're creating an e-digital version of Yuan. And America is also thinking of making their own digital currency. That's, I feel that's like true, that's yeah. a bit copying cryptocurrency, but sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're going to talk about that. Uh, one of the things that when it comes to like Malaysia and e-wallets, I really wish that the vending machine that you can pay using Touch & Go is going to get more mainstream because I think that the only places that I can do that is one of the LRT stations. I can't remember which LRT station was it, but I remember I can buy a can of Coke using my Touch & Go card, physical card. And I wish that in the future that you can use it with your Touch & Go e-wallets as well. I know there are some parkings you can actually use Touch & Go e-wallets as well, but some of them you still have to use physical cards. So I want to see in the future, at least in Malaysia, the more adoptions of using Touch & Go e-wallets and other e-wallets as well. Where are other things that you guys want to see when it comes to e-wallets? Well, on top of e-wallets, right, I would really like our identification to also have a digital form so I could just forego my wallet completely and just bring my phone. Yeah, yeah, exactly. In the same vein, vaccination passports should also be digital. Mm, that's a, that's actually a really interesting thought, actually. Oh yeah, it amazes bringing me. Bringing around that piece of paper, yeah, to prove I was that just you've been say, vaccinated. It amazes me that they give you a piece of like what printed paper? Is it? Yeah, and you can't that's laminate all. it. Yeah, it's it's kind of, it's kind of weird because like everything is going digital now, and I think that 
at least in Malaysia, we need to push more and more things getting into digital. So that's basically the developments since the first season and the current recording. And I believe that more and more people should get into e-wallets. And yeah, I'm looking for more developments of cashless payment in literally anything like vending machines and parking and any kinds of like transactions. And that's actually kind of like sums up of the first episode of season two. I'm actually looking forward for more and more developments. What are the things that you're looking forward for this year? So for the most part, I'm actually really happy to see a bunch of new launches in both the mobile market, the gaming market, as well as multiple other different things. Like I know Samsung's launching a new smart fridge this year, which I, for some reason I'm excited about. You know you're getting old when you get excited about a fridge. But <laughs> for the most part, there is a lot of cool things that are coming out later this year. And uh, we, we're going to try our level best to kind of sum up quite a few different things in terms of launches, as well as a bunch of different topics all throughout the remainder of season two as well. And uh, yeah, I suppose that kind of ends things off here for us for the first episode. It's just a general summary of what's changed from way back when until now. But uh, we also do want to take a quick moment to tell all the listeners thank you very much for tuning into season one it was an amazing journey with uh, our producers here in Astro and uh, we're really happy that it was something that people wanted to listen to and Truly enough, people actually did listen to it, which was a really amazing feat for us. From the bottom of my heart, huge thanks for helping the podcast get off in terms of season one. In season two, we're going to try our level best to create consumer-friendly information and try to feed it to the general masses once again. And uh, yeah, so in short, thank you. Thank you every single one of you guys who's listening to the podcast. My name is Zero Aiden and... I'm Novs Games. Thank you very much from the bottom of my heart. Thanks everyone for listening to our past season. I hope our next season is exciting and informative for all of you guys. And as always, I'll see you guys next time. Till then, toodaloo!